Chapter 1. And they lived happily ever after. Not necessarily. Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. One of our chief concerns at Love and Respect is not that people hear the message, important as that is, but that couples who attend a conference or read the book will go on to practice love and respect effectively in their daily lives. Of course, I realize each couple has this very same concern, and that's why my heart goes out to those I hear from who get it, but who aren't able to stay with it consistently. They have learned that love and respect sounds simple, but it's not so easy to do. Maybe not natural is a better phrase. And I understand. Sarah and I don't find it easy or natural either. And we've conducted love and respect conferences over 200 times during the last 10 years. These are some of the many confessions I've heard from spouses who are struggling. I'm desperately praying for the Holy Spirit to help me change and be a more respectful wife. It hasn't been easy, though, and I fail much more often than not. Love and respect works great when we are practicing it, but we are not consistent. It's hard not to fall back into old patterns. I'm so defensive it isn't funny. I'm continuously amazed at how quickly we can go for a spin on the crazy cycle. I want to cry thinking how my level of knowledge far outweighs my level of obedience. At this point, you may be wondering, why is Emerson starting this book with such bad news from couples who fail? How can this help us? Hear me out. I'm not trying to discourage you. I want to encourage you by saying right up front that love and respect is not a magic bullet. You will try it and find that you won't always practice it perfectly. To realize this truth and use it is a great source of strength and power. I love Proverbs 24:16 because it gives me such hope. Good people are not perfect. But God says, quote, a righteous man or woman falls seven times and rises again, end quote. And how do you rise again? Here are three guidelines. Number one, never give up. If you want to have a strong marriage, you need to accept temporary setbacks as part of the game. In baseball terms, keep stepping back up to the plate. According to the baseball statisticians, even Hall of Famers fail to get a hit seven out of ten times. And Babe Ruth, perhaps the greatest slugger of all time, struck out over 1,300 times, more than any one of his day. Number two, seek forgiveness from God and your spouse. A wife writes, I fail to communicate respect to my husband. I've asked the Lord to forgive me, and I'm preparing an email to ask my husband to forgive me as well. A husband reports, I know now how I failed as a husband, friend, and lover, and I've asked God and my wife for forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says it all, quote, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you, end quote. Sarah and I often find ourselves turning to each other and saying, I'm sorry, again. Number three, ask God to take your hand. Psalm 37:24 promises that though you stumble, you will not fall, for the Lord will uphold you with his hand. 
We need God's helping hand, and it's always there for us if we ask Him humbly and confidently for guidance. The storybook ending is always, and they lived happily ever after. We know that's not really true, because the slips, the bumps, and the falls do come in crazy ways. Life is not a matter of attaining some kind of marital nirvana. Living happily ever after means knowing how to deal with the imperfect parts of life, not accepting them with resignation, but dealing with them through God's forgiveness and help, and always getting back up when you fall. In a very real sense, the rest of this book is about just that, as you and your spouse will discover as you mine the riches of love and respect. Here's an insight. In marriage, it is never about not falling. It is always about getting back up. As for a prayer...